Hello, hello, and welcome back to Cutting Chai Stories, where the writing is short and sometimes sweet, just like the half servings of milky tea we call Cutting Chai back home in India. Today, I want to talk to you about something you've probably heard before, probably from your English school teacher. Maybe you even remember what it means. It's one of the basic rules of good writing. Show, don't tell. What does that mean? Well, there's a famous quote that's attributed to the Russian playwright Anton Chekhov that explains it like this. Don't tell me the moon is shining. Show me the glint of light on broken glass. That's a great way to put it, right? And why do this? Why should we not talk about the moon itself, but its light that's reflected in the broken glass? Well, because now we're creating a visual. We're creating an image in the reader's mind. How much more specific, more memorable is the glinting glass than simply a moon? And that's a gift to the reader. Because instead of instructing the reader, instead of telling her, this is what we saw, you let her enter the scene with you. You let her realize for herself that there's a moon in the sky tonight because she can see the glint of the glass. Now, I want to be clear, sometimes we need to tell for all sorts of reasons, like getting to a conclusion faster, filling in some backstory. So, telling is not the enemy. So, it's not always show, don't tell. But most people, when they write, they tend to tell a little too much. And if you rely too much on telling, then your writing floats around at this top level. It isn't anchored in anything. It doesn't create visuals. It doesn't have details. And at the end of the day it might be forgotten. So how do we avoid this? Well, one way to welcome a reader to experience something alongside you is to share the sensory experience of being there. Yesterday, I was listening to a YouTube video of Eckhart Tolle on the subject of meditation. And he said that the first level of meditation is to focus on your sense perceptions as a way to feel your body and distance yourself from your thoughts. So what are you hearing? What are you smelling? What can you feel in the moment? So let's take that idea and try and describe something. So if you're going for a meal in your favorite restaurant, and I want you to go ahead and close your eyes now and do this with me. You're entering the door. What do you see? What can you smell? Is this a family-style Italian restaurant and you can smell freshly baked bread? Is this a hole-in-the-wall dhaba and your spices are making your mouth water? Maybe it's a cold day outside and you can smell hot soup. Look around. What do the interiors of the restaurant look like? Is the floor smooth tile or hard-packed earth? Are the tabletops crisp linen or crisp paper? Do they crackle when you touch them? What sounds do you hear? The slosh and gulp of water? The whoosh of a dessert being flambéed? The scrape of chairs on the floor? What does the food taste like? Is it buttery, garlicky, dry, overcooked? Is the dessert overly sweet or delicate and airy? I'm giving you all the prompts to imagine the scene using all your five senses. But, of course, using all of them at once can be overkill. You need to allow the reader to bring their own imagination into play as well. So what details of the lot will you carefully select? And what details will you let your reader fill in? You don't want to provide everything. You don't want to spoon feed the reader. Even when you're describing how something looks, for example, you want to sketch the broad outlines or describe a particular mannerism of someone 
or use one or two similes to capture the essence of a person. Here's a passage I like that I find very effective as a description of land by Rabi Alameddin in his book, The Angel of History. It's an amazing novel and his writing is really lush and enveloping and I'll put the book title in the show notes so you can check it out. This is from page 152 in my edition. The landscape stretched before me like an interminable tumbling sea of sand and rock. The light was expansive. The sun hammered down relentlessly. Its beams cut like sabers, stabbed at your eyes like rapiers. The air against my face was like thin ice crackling, except it was nowhere near cold enough for ice, even at the heights where I was cruising. I missed the feel of fresh rain, missed its fragrance, missed the soughing of the leafy treetops. A tree, a tree, my kingdom for a tree. The passage goes on, and it doesn't get very much more specific than that, but you can feel the dryness of the air. You can feel how parched the land is. My mouth feels dry reading that description. He's used four of the five senses here. He's used sight, touch, or other feeling, the crackling of the ice, the soughing of the treetop, so that's sound, and then the fragrance of fresh rain, so that's a sense of smell. Most of us, though, usually gravitate towards describing what things look like. That's one of the most obvious, most dominant senses, right? So we talk about the color of someone's scarf or the number of cupcakes in the box or the haze of smog obscuring the sunlight on Marine Drive. Sometimes we'll stretch ourselves to describe sounds. The braying sound of his laughter, the clear peal of church bells, the gurgle of the stream. And yet, even with these kinds of descriptions, even when we use our senses to describe the experience of something, we can still sharpen it. We can still make it more sophisticated. Let's look at a couple more examples. In keeping with this restaurant theme, here's a few lines from a 2006 review of a Jean-Georges restaurant in the New York Times by the then-food critic Frank Bruni. He wrote such luscious descriptions, you feel like you're almost tasting the food along with him. This is the quote. Eating is seldom this absorbing, this bracing. To lend needed excitement to beef tenderloin, some foie gras had been placed on top. But the crucial, less predictable flourish was a rhubarb foam on top of that. It cut the fattiness of the liver. It snapped the palate to attention. Look at that line. The rhubarb foam snapped the palate to attention. It woke it up. Elsewhere, he uses more traditional descriptions when he talks about the gentle sweetness of piquito crab or the slight acidity of pineapple. But I chose this passage to read out here because he describes the sensations of tasting this foam in a very visceral way. It'll snap you to attention. Here's another passage, this time from his review of uh, Momofuku Ko, which was David Chang's 12-seater restaurant. This is... um, in its original location in New York City's East Village, which was kind of an experiment in how stripped-down fine dining could get. Here's the quote. Lumbar support? At Co, you straddle a backless stool. Lovely scenery? There's a plywood wall to your back, and in front of you, cooks so close you can count their beads of sweat as they not only prepare and plate your food, but also hand it to you. You can feel the heat from the stoves like a sunburn on your brow. In a restaurant review, you expect your mouth to water, at least if the food is any good. But here, Frank Bruni is drawing us a picture of what the experience itself was like. 
you're so close to the cooks and the stove, you can feel their heat like a sunburn. He doesn't just say it was hot or so hot it would make you sweat, right? He puts you there in the moment. And this technique isn't just useful in your creative writing. You can absolutely and should absolutely use it in your business writing as well. But that's a whole nother episode. Speaking of business writing, I am doing a party this weekend. A B-Y-O-E party. Yes, I said B-Y-O-E, not B-Y-O-B, because it stands for bring your own email. It's on Zoom and I'm going to lead you through some loosening up writing exercises to find your flow and then we'll get right to the meat of it, which is hot seat coaching by me on any email to your list that you're struggling with. So if you have an email like that, that you want my eyes on, email me at cuttingtrystories at gmail.com for your invitation and I'll see you this Saturday. Finally, here's your writing prompt for the week and you need to put on pants to do this one. I want you to step outside, go for a walk by yourself, leave your phone behind or at least put it on silent. I want you to pay attention to your surroundings. What do you see? What do you hear? What smells do you smell? Focus on experiencing your walk through all your senses and then come back and write me a hundred word story about your walk and make me feel like I'm right there with you. That's it for today. Thanks for tuning in. And I'll see you again next Thursday.